I want to take you to Psalms chapter 124 today. I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there the same way I did for the first service. My notes are probably out the window. This message has evolved. It has morphed. It has changed every single time I've looked at it. 4.30 this morning, it changed from yesterday. It changed yesterday from the day before that. It changed the day before that from, from the day before that. I mean, just so listen, it's not necessarily packaged in the most neatly way, but I'm going to give to you what I have in my spirit today. Is that all right? We're closing down a short series. Really, I say it's a short series. This is week number two, but it's a series that's been ongoing for a, a couple of years, really, called Lyrics and Lines, where we take a psalm, a song that was written thousands of years ago for worship, and we, we extrapolate in an expository way the meaning of that psalm and how it's relevant to today. So last week we were in Psalms 122, this week we're in Psalms 124. Psalms 124 is one of the 15 ascension psalms. It's one of the songs that they would recite on their way up out of the Jordan Valley up to Jerusalem for one of the major feasts. It's a difficult journey. It's an arduous journey. The pathways are narrow and, and, and everyone seems to be worn out from this journey. In fact, many people will turn around and go back because they can't make it and all of these difficult things happening in David. King David, who writes Psalms 124, he writes this from a position that God has always been good so that you'll remember that God will continue to always be good. So I'm going to read eight verses, and then I'm going to pause and offer some context. I'm going to do everything I can within my power not to pause and preach when I read this passage of Scripture. So can we get into it? David writes in Psalms 124, verse 1, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, Can I read it again? Can I read it again? If the Lord had not been on our side, I cannot help myself. I need to go somewhere with this. Good Lord, have mercy. David, King David, had led his army into battle many times before, and he would come to the place of battle, and the army that he was facing was such, so much more vast than his own army, and he would turn around to his men and say, The Lord is on our side. This is the same David who would stand before Goliath, and Goliath said, Little boy, you're going to die today. And he said, Uh-uh because the Lord is on my side. Good God. I'm a, somebody look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is on my side. <laughs> Let's keep reading verse 2. He says it again for emphasis sake. If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive with their anger. When it flared against us, the flood would have engulfed, engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. But praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who's the maker of heaven and of earth. Let me take you back to verses 1 and 2 because it becomes the basis of our conversation. Here's what David writes again. If the Lord had not been on our side, 
And then he says, let me say it again for emphasis sake. If the Lord had not been on our side, is there anybody in this place who has ever experienced the Lord being on your side? Can I tell you something? That verse sounds a lot like me to me that if my God is for me, then tell me who can be against me. That verse sounds a lot like me that, listen, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. That verse sounds a lot like me that, 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 that if he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I think, ask, or imagine. That verse sounds a lot like me that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Good God Almighty. David said, the Lord is on our side. Somebody needs to hear that word today right here. Somebody needs to hear that word at home. The Lord is on our side. Somehow, King David was focused upon the power of God rather than the problems that man would bring. David was focused upon the results of God rather than the resistance of man. David said, the Lord is on our side. It's like an old preacher said. He said, what keeps happening in the background shows up in the foreground. I've worked hard to get to this place. Can I give you the title? Are you ready? I've got two because I couldn't figure out which one. So I'm going to give you both of them. The first title is Remember the Victory. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, Remember the Victory. The second title is just as important, and that is the key to success. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, the key to success. Now I'm going to do something very creative, and I'm going to take this, and I'm going I'm to put these two together. And I'm going to say, here's the new title. Remembering the victory is the key to success. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, remember the victory. You can be seated. Keep playing for me, D. Several years ago, one of my mentors, a hero in the faith, went home to be with the Lord. And on the anniversary of his death, which is easy for me to remember as Thanksgiving Day, I sent to his son a text message that said, I miss your father today very badly. He fired a text message back to me that said, I choose to remember. I had a shift in my perspective. I think when I read this narrative of scripture that David writes, there is a shift in his perspective. Because I don't believe David is just saying that we should remember the victory that God gave to us yesterday or the day before that or last year or 10 years ago. I, although that is important because when you begin to remember all that God has done for you, it will fuel your faith for all that God will do for you. But there was something else about this narrative of Scripture that made me realize that there was a shift in David's perspective because David wasn't necessarily talking about remember the victory as much as he was talking about God is victory. It's not that God gives us victory, it's that God is victory. It's not that God does victory, Richie, it's that God is victory. So, 
Many times we do not experience the success of Psalms 124 in our lives because we have forgotten that God is victory. We've forgotten that he's on our side. We've forgotten what it means when we can't figure things out that he already has it figured out. We've forgotten what it means that when we can't figure out which way to go that he's already just written the story out in our lives. He's the author and perfecter of our faith that we've forgotten. You see, what ends up happening in our lives is, is, is when we get to that place where the circumstances are beyond our control, we begin to list every reason why we'll never make it to the top. We'll never make it to the pinnacle. We'll never make it to the apex. We'll never make it to the breakthrough because we begin to say and list every single thing that is missing rather than remembering who is present. Moses said to God, when God said, I want you to go and I want you to tell the people or tell the Pharaoh to let my people go, Moses began to list every reason why he couldn't, all the things that were missing in his life until finally God said, listen, the thing that you need to remember is that I am with you sometimes life does seem to be beyond our control and I think sometimes when we get so wrapped up with life being beyond our control that, that we begin to think that it's beyond God's control I wonder if we've ever thought that life is beyond God's control do I have any transparent people in here who would say today, listen, I, I, sometimes I've won all you have to do is say 2020. <laughs> is God in control? I mean, we begin to wonder, listen, everything seems to be so chaotic. All you have to do is say COVID. All you have to do is say pandemic and death and social unrest and political unrest and economic unrest and businesses being shut down and face masks and, 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 and social distancing and stay home orders and go to the mall and you see all the stores seem to be closed and it's like man this seems to be so chaotic seems to I don't know about you but sometimes it seems like life is out of focus you know like you're looking at something I tried to do this this morning on the screens but it doesn't work so I'm not going to try it again but it's like life being out of focus and, and it seems out of whack and it seems like <sighs> David said in that season when you're down in that valley and you're trying to go to that, that place that you have to remind yourself why David was writing this psalm in the first place because he was trying to instill in the people that you're going to be in the valley you're going to find yourself in the valley on occasion, but what you need to understand is that God is not only the God of the mountaintop, but he's also the God that's in the valley with you, and that, that, that your God is, is greater. Your God, COVID, God is greater. Social unrest, God is greater. Economic depression, God is greater greater. Listen, a political unrest, God is greater. And I'm not just talking about an election on November 3rd. I'm talking about his word says that, that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That only means it might not have started out in his hand, but it has to pass through his hand. And when it passes through his hand, that's when a miracle can happen now. Good God Almighty.
And you know, I think sometimes we think that life is beyond control, not only for us, but for God, because we place God on our timetable, and we want him to show up on our timetable, and we worship a God that we've created, rather than remembering we've been created in his image to worship him. And so God becomes this remote control God. It's just like when you're watching TV and you're watching a channel channel you don't want to watch anymore that, you know, the plot's too slow. Click. Don't like this show? Click. Don't like this? Click. God, you're taking too long. Click. God, you need to speed up in this process. Click. Nope. Don't like the direction you're going in here, God. Click. I need you to think about this with me for a moment. Think about the climb. This climb was so difficult for the people of Israel. It was so difficult for them that many of them would give up. In fact, we know history tells us that robbers will will lie in waiting, waiting for people to come by as they're navigating these narrow pathways up this 3,700 foot elevation change. And they would rob them and strip them and leave them for dead. And David is writing to the people who are making this journey and they're singing this song to themselves as they're traveling up this hillside. And and, and David is reminding them, listen, if you want to come out of that spiritual Jordan Valley, you got to keep going because you've got to know that God is with you in order to get to the top. A miracle can happen now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around For the Spirit of the Lord Somebody needs to hear this. A miracle can happen now. Where the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. For the Spirit of the Lord. Can you sing it with me? A miracle can happen now For the Spirit of the Lord is here The evidence is all around For the Spirit times, David says, two times in two verses, for the Lord is on our side. Why? I think obviously he's doing it in repetition to bring value, to understand that sometimes we forget the Lord is on our side. But I also want you to understand the Hebraic 
construct of this narrative. Can I pause my preach in order to teach for just a minute? When David writes this in the original language, the Hebrew language, it seems as if it would be somewhat evident that David is making reference to the truth that God is always with us. That promise that he gave to Moses and then later to Joshua and that Jesus later gave in the New Testament that I will never leave you nor forsake you. However, there's something deeper happening here because according to the construct of the narrative, what David would be suggesting is not only is God with us, but the truth that God is always at work on behalf of his people. You see, so he asked this group of people, these Jewish people who were climbing up out of this valley, going to the mountaintop. He says, I, I, I need you to say it with me, and then I want you to say it again. I, I need you to say, the Lord is, is with me, and then let's say it again, Israel. The Lord is with me. I need you to say it again with me. The Lord is on our side, and say it again. The Lord is on our side. You see, he's trying to remind people when life is beyond your control that there is someone who's in control. He's trying to remind you that when all hell breaks out in your life there is a God who can bring help he's trying to remind you that when it's easy to complain about the storm that there is a prince of peace you've got to remember who is with you in the storm he's trying to remind you that when there's lack in your life there is someone by the name of Jehovah Jireh who is with you and every time you take a step what he's saying David is saying if you want to reach the top remind yourself that the Lord is on my side 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 do you think sometimes we are overwhelmed today by the uncertainty of tomorrow? Is that yes? I, I think sometimes it is easy for us to be overwhelmed today because of the uncertainty for tomorrow. But if that statement is true, that also means that sometimes we're overwhelmed today because we've forgotten what God did yesterday. And can I tell you this, if God gives you grace in the moment that you need it, why are we worried about the grace that we need tomorrow? Why don't we live in the grace that he's given us today so that when we get to tomorrow, we'll remember what he did yesterday? In verses 3 through 5, I know I'm all over the place upstairs, guys, just hang with me. But in verses 3 through 5, David begins to highlight everything that went wrong. In, in, in a cluster of verses, he says, you know, we, we were almost overrun. We were engulfed by this torrent. We, we had this, this difficulty. We, 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 we were almost swept away. It's, it's as if David is standing in a higher position on his journey. Remember, David has made this journey. 
And it's almost as if David is standing on the edge of a cliff, almost at the top, looking at the people who are coming through. And he's remembering the season that he was trying to make it, but a flash flood almost swept him away. And it was too swift for him to stand up in. It was too swift for him to swim in. It was too swift for him. It, 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 it was over the top of his head, and he thought he was almost going to die until God reached out. You see, he remembered that the Lord is on our side, and God reached out. And it might have been too fast. For, for him to swim in, but it was not too strong for God to swim in. It might have been too much for him to stand in, but it was not too much for God to stand in. It might have been over his head, but it wasn't over God's head. He might not have had the buoyancy that he needed, but God had all of the buoyancy that he needed. And he began to realize that there were times that God was just holding on to me. And it's during those moments that God is developing spiritual muscles within you so that you can cope, so that you can survive. You see, I think so often when we find ourselves inside of those circumstances, those valley moments, we tend to ask this question, when will this get better? And don't act like you don't because many of you, every time you watch TV, you're, like, you're so worn out with it. You're like, when is this going to get better? When are we going to get this cure? When are we going to get this vaccine? When is this going to get better? When is all of this going to turn around? When, 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 when? And if that is the question that you're asking, which, listen, I understand that because we are made of flesh. But if that is the question that you're asking, then most likely you are more focused on the problem than you are God who is with you. Listen, I, I'm just throwing it out there today. Can, can I be honest with you? And if you are more focused on the problem, then your vocabulary is going to be controlled by the problem. If your vocabulary is controlled by the problem, then anxiety is going to increase in you. If anxiety increases in you, then your stress levels are going to go through the roof. If your stress levels go through the roof, then your sleep patterns are going to change. In verse 3, in verse 3, put verse 3 up. Verse 3 says this. It says, they would have swallowed us alive. Listen, if the Lord had not been on our side, they, somebody say they, mm, they would have swallowed us alive. I need you to grab hold of this. They, you know, a lot of times we focus on they. And focusing on they will tend to rob you of your strength. Because you will constantly look at they and begin to think what your limitations are and then you'll think there's no way out of what they are bringing against you. And they can be a storm, they can be a person, they can be finances, they can be sickness, they can be whatever they is. But you see, you've got to change your question. You cannot continue to ask, when is this going to get better? You need to start asking, what has God called you to do in this? Hold on a second, I need to go somewhere. What has God called you to do in this? You see, we can all sit there and worry about when there's going to be a cure for COVID. But if you're worried about the cure for COVID, then you're going to be frozen in fear. But if you'll begin to say, God, what can I do in this? What have you called me to do in this? Then all of a sudden you'll begin to say, hold on, I'm going to encourage someone today who's frozen in fear. And when you do, you're going to realize that God is on your side. 
You see, if you focus on the problem so much, you'll begin to think that there's an absence of the answer. When you begin to think there's an absence of the answer, you're going to begin to think that God is absent from your problem. But the Bible says that He is on your side. Good Lord, have mercy. He is on your side. I'm going to close it this way. Just, just stand on your feet with me. Verses 6 through 8 says this, Praise be to the Lord. who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare because the snare has been broken. And we have escaped. Why? He begins to remind them what the secret to success is. He said, why? Because our help is in the name of the Lord who's the maker of heaven and earth. Our help is in his name. Our help is in Jehovah Jireh. Our help is in the Prince of Peace. Our help is in that name. Our help is in the Alpha, the Omega. Our help is in Elohim. Our help is in El Shaddai. Our help is in Jehovah Rapha. Our help is in the Everlasting Father. Our help is in Breakthrough. Our help is in His grace. Our help is in that name that's above every other name because his name is above your fear his name is above your worry his name is above your problem his name is above what you can't do why because he's the author and perfecter of your faith somebody needs to hear this today the lord is on your side